1: Hey
2: everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 60 Cents Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with Jonathan. John, it's been, you know what? I'm looking at a fantasy uh, lineups. You're, you're third in our division, but you're nowhere close to me. You're not. Yeah, you're not going to catch. I'm not going to make the playoffs. It's uh,
1: it seems like a four. I mean, it seems like a, like a four, clear teams in the playoffs. But uh, is it Matt? Is way ahead of everyone.
2: Matt has two more wins than the other because like it's a three-way tie for second. Yeah, in, like format and playoff formats, and then like. Because there's three teams with four, nine and three records. I don't think I'm going to win this week. I, no, I am going to win this week. But, like, Chris is there, Matt is there, and I forget who the third one is. Uh, Justin? No. No, I don't think so. I, I think Justin's okay. got, kind of taking a back seat. But this is what you get despite Chris, you know, taking all the Thunder players. Yeah, and well, he'll make the playoffs, he'll get the last laugh. But yeah. let's go to real basketball
1: that we had. So, unfortunately, since we've last talked, the Sixers have had two losses, uh, two different circumstances, obviously, which we will jump into. Um, the first game up, the Sixers versus the Pacers, um, we were without De'Anthony Melton, Robert Covington again. They're still been out for a while. Tobias Harris had an illness. Um, and Mo Bamba was still out again. So we lost 134-122 to the Pacers. What were your thoughts on this game?
2: The team just didn't seem like they were up for it. You know, there, there are some games that you can just tell teams don't get up for. And, I mean, Joel had, what What, what was it, 30, 31 points in this game? But, and it yeah. was an effortless 31, but it was effortless because he didn't put a lot of effort into this. Like, he had three assists, seven rebounds. Like, it just it didn't feel like the team, like Maxi had 17, uh, 20, 22 points and only two assists. Like, it just it felt like they were putting this one in the bag here, just like, you know, an accepted loss almost, which is a shame because they were playing with ha- out Halliburton Yet they were still able to put up some pretty good numbers against us o- across the board here. Uh by the way, Andrew Nemhard, he's gonna be a starter eventually. I think he's gonna be a starter eventually. Not maybe not in in, in Indiana, but he's gonna be a starting point guard at some point. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, he's good. What so yeah. what was the good you would say happened in this game? I mean we got some contributions from role players like this was arguably the best game for Kenya KJ Martin this year 11 points on 6 shots Daniel House shined uh Ricky Council Jr one of the top leading scorers in the G League came out with 11 points in this game uh that that was good to see him really tr- shine in this game uh besides that I mean there, I look Maxi wasn't the most efficient Joel was like dream walking through this game which is pretty impressive that he still had 31 points in a dream walk game but yeah so that, that's the good for me
1: yeah i thought similarly uh Embiid obviously didn't at all, at most points look the most engaged i would probably say that he was the the good from this game still shooting well 50% from the field and from 3 7 of 10 from free throws which i know it's crazy to say but like that's usually he's usually much better than that uh so I think it was a tough game. Could have been like a scheduled loss, as you said. But what was the bad for you?
2: I mean, just the lack of defense here. I mean, the the they shot. Um, this Pacers shot fifty seven percent from the field, forty basically forty three percent from three point line. And the other thing is, is that we turned off. Uh, you know, we we struggled with offensive rebounding. We only had six offensive rebounds in this game, and and they had twelve. So that's, yeah. that's that's where it really stinks here.
1: Yeah, so um, I think the bad for me is that the shooting percentages. I mean, we talk about that. Like 24% from three, and beads back. He helps space the floor. Like that should be able to be knocked down. We shot okay from the field and, and free throw line, 72% is not great, missing 12 free throws. But getting to the line 43 times was. Uh, just 12 turnovers is a little more than our usual high, so not great we every time we play the pacers i've brought up that i know their game is fast paced and they score a lot but sometimes it would just be nice to see if the sixers could engage that defense and try and play more of their game as opposed to the pacers um i guess we also didn't really touch on marcus morris was out this game with plantar fasciitis so yeah he was tough and ended up playing in the next game but it's it takes a little depth away in the front court uh, so who's your player of the game here
2: you know what I didn't love what I saw from Joel in terms of effort-wise, so I'm going to give it to Ricky Council, getting some buckets in the NBA. Kudos to you, Ricky. What if I switch it and go to the other
1: team with Pascal Siakam? I mean, that's fair.
2: I mean, that's fair. He had had 26. and Thirteen 10? and ten, yeah, double double plus thirty. So
1: he played really well. They, this team looks like they could potentially be dangerous. I, like I really just want to see them with Halbert, and we got to wait and see what that's going oh, to look I'm, like. But, I, uh,
2: if I'm the Sixers, I don't want to see them in
1: the first round. There's a few teams I don't want to see in the first round, honestly.
2: But we'll, we'll um, talk about but, that when we get to around the NBA. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we go to the next game? Yeah, absolutely. Talk about a scheduled loss here. Um, by the way, uh, Jawal was scheduled to play in the game against the Denver Nuggets. And for those people that are saying, you know, the crowd was chanting, where was Embiid? He had knee problems. He he definitely hurt himself a little bit in that Pacers game. And the training staff didn't like what they saw 20 minutes towards tip-off. So the training staff, not Jawal, not Coach, but the training staff pulled him from this game. So, you so what do you say to
1: those people that say that that was just... The story behind it and that he really was uh never gonna play at all
2: then i think you you need to maybe get out of the mile high uh, city for a little bit <laughs> like that's that. all i'm gonna say there um that being said look i mean despite joel not playing there was still a six center that got 30 points and double digit rebounds and for all the the you know all the poo-poo that i've been throwing on paul reed this year in this game he really did show out he he had 30 points you know 13 rebounds two steals kudos to him the other players missing in this game of course was joel max Max, maxi also didn't play tobias didn't play mo bamba didn't play uh robert covington didn't play i'm trying to remember who else here who else am i missing here of course melton yep so I mean, look.
1: The you had four starters. The only start, like true starter, that's been playing is Batum, who played, uh, and then you're missing Covington, who's a quality bench player. And yeah, I, I like when I saw the lineup that was being rolled out. It was just like, this is embarrassing. This isn't going to be fun watching. Like, I saw fun memes that were basically saying, like, if you're watching this game after you've seen all the people sit out, you're like a sicko. But it turned out to be a much better
2: game than we thought. Yeah, we saw some point cork maws, which is scary if you think about that. But yeah. you know what? I also gotta give some love to Pat Bev. Uh you know what? Maybe, and this is this might be a hot take here, but maybe the NBA has underutilized Pat Bev's full potential as a offensive player up until this point. Just a hot take here. Just a hot take. Um seventeen points. 50% from the field, 33% from the three-point line, had 11 assists, four rebounds, two blocks, including one on Jokic at the beginning of the game. I don't know if you saw that one. That one was pretty impressive. Uh, look, <laughs> we can't trade Pat Bev. We can't. No. Nah. I, don't, I don't think you can. I don't and think while, we should. Well, I, I wouldn't mind a, an upgrade, a backup point guard, I still want him in the rotation. Just yeah. because he was really giving. By the way, did you see a lot of the, you know, Ray Jean Rondo, you know, fake one way, hook shot another way shots that he had? I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. That's that's what you got to do as a small guy going into the paint. Absolutely loved it. Chef's kiss. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about all the stuff that I like. What did you like? Yeah. Look, I thought the good for this was just
1: like it's twofold. One, it gives you some faith in the bench depth. Like. I think if these players get like a lot more minutes that we can see that they can kind of put up a a strong effort. I mean, we've at times questioned, like it seemed like we had a strong bench going into the year and then we upgraded with the Harden trade. But sometimes we were saying that they were kind of weak, but they played really well today or yesterday. And uh, look, the defense, they were very engaged on the defensive end of the floor. I, I mean, six blocks is great. And they just looked like the way that they were doubling and rotating to to make Jokic uncomfortable was incredible i i truly thought that like the team defense was just great Jokic had 26 he could have had 50 i mean they just like locked him up not locked him up but you know what i mean like they played really i good mean defense. So okay I
2: let's the, let's let's pump the brakes there for just a moment he did shoot 50 percent from the field and yeah but it, it he, he missed a lot like, of free throws he missed a lot of free throws yeah, and it wasn't even just the shots he took,
1: though, is, is kind of what I was – like, they, they got him out of his game on offense, and that was a lot of, like, trap defense. Yes, he shot 50% of the field at 26 points, but it could have been much worse, specifically without Embiid. Paul Reed should not physically be able to hold up against him, and they threw a lot of different things at him. K.J. Martin played great defense on him at times. So, really, uh, I just like the team defense. But
2: yeah, Now, I will say this. Pat Bev, stop talking smack to Jamal Murray, okay? He had 23 points in this game, 6 of 10 from the three-point line, seven assists, only two throws. He was also, he was also like,
1: talking smack to J.J. Redick, who was announcing the game.
2: Oh, well, him and J.J. have a – they they, they go back to Clippers days. I'm not worried about that. That's fine. It was
1: just fun stuff, but he was getting out – I just yeah. thought, like, he was just like, yeah, yeah J.J., you, I'm locked in. It was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, no, of course. It's it's look, Pat Bev. Every game that has a mic on it, they need to have a mic on Pat Bev. Absolutely, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that that being said, I mean, look, the the bad here is that we still lost. Um, and it did. I mean, as great as Paul Reed was, and he was, we still need more center depth. I'm not saying get rid of Paul Reed, but you still need. Because, like, Mo Bamba, who knows with his weird frame how long he's going to be out. But would he have been a positive in this game? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: we. I, I kind of agree that I think we do need that uh, center depth.
2: I mean, but, like, most times when Joel's out, has Paul Reed really stepped up like this? No. 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 He's usually struggled a lot. So, that yeah, in my so... yeah. Yeah.
1: Look, the bad for me is the shooting again, like the three-point shooting, but what was interesting to me is, I know they ended with 22 threes, I think at least at some point in like the third quarter, or maybe in the second, I think it was in the third now, it was after half, and it said that they had taken like six, uh, mm. and their their game average was like 32, and it was like they're playing a lot smarter, they know they don't have a bead to space the floor, so they weren't taking that many. Obviously, down the stretch, I think that changed um, in the last couple quarters, but uh the, the three-point shooting has just been a struggle. We saw it with Embiid against the Pacers and without, so I, I think we both think that they need to upgrade, at least have some more stretch shooting. uh Who could that be? I, I mean, we can talk about that more later, but, um yeah, I definitely think that that's something they need to work on.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, like, Korkmaz, he's supposed to be the quote-unquote sharpshooter. Only nine minutes, two three-point attempts made one. Like, yeah, but he doesn't yeah. even get playing time. Like exactly, regular. that's my point. Like you know, yeah. Of course, then again, I kind of feel like that's just a Nick Nurse thing. Like he won't play guys that can't play both ends of the court. Yeah. So I that that might just be a Nick Nurse thing. But John, let's go ahead and transition. Oh, listen! Yeah. Oh, play oh of the game. Hang on. play, play of the, of the game? game? Play of the game. Yep, you're right. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's got to go to uh, you. You're probably going to go Paul Reed. I think it could go to Ubray. Didn't shoot great from three, but again, I said no one did. Uh, He is one of the few people in that starting lineup that, like, Pat Bev, Morris, Batum, they can't create their own shot. Oubre can. He did it a few times. Active on defense with two blocks, uh, five boards, four assists. I thought Oubre played pretty well, but it's kind of tough to choose here.
2: I mean, I kind of want to do co-player of the game with Pat Bev and Paul Reed, because I don't think anybody expected them to have double-doubles. In this game, so I'm going to give them yeah. both that the award player co-player okay. of the game. Okay. But yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about All Star because the voting results are in. We have our starters for both the East and the West. Jonathan, take it away. Yes. So the East starters are Jason
1: Tatum, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, and Tyrese Halliburton. In the West, we have LeBron, who is a record-setting 20th um, All-Star appearance, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Luca. So, Lucas, do you agree or disagree with the All-Star starters East and West?
2: Well, let me start in the East. No. I don't okay. agree. And can you guess which spot I don't agree with? Dame. Dame. Uh-huh, yeah, sorry, d- Dame, no. I said it last pod. I'll say it again. I, I honestly think Jalen Brunson should be the starter for the the other guard spot here, it, which is crazy. Because did you see Stephen A. Smith on ESPN? He was saying that D- Jalen Brunson shouldn't have gotten it. I disagree with, and he's a Knicks fan. Did he
1: think it was? Did he think it was who no, should have no, got it?
2: No, 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 no. I think he was looking at a two guard. I think he was thinking Donovan Mitchell, which mm-hmm. fair, fair. Donovan has a fair case. You know, I think Brunson, Maxie, and Donovan Mitchell all have stronger cases than Dame. But because Dame has the name factor here and the seniority here, that's that's where I think this happens at. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's just – what about you? Well, do you want to do West? Yeah. You agree I, with I the mean, West? Figured, no, 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 no. You do the East, and then we'll go both. Okay.
1: Here. Look, I I think a couple weeks before, like when it was coming down, I said there's a number of people who could get these two spots. We like you said, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young was has been playing good. I mean, I wouldn't have voted him, but that was up in the air. Tyrese Maxey, I mean, had a huge hot start, still good, but a little bit falling off. I think it was coming down between Dame and uh, Brunson, like you said, and I would have given it to Brunson. I think in the front court, Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum are obvious, um, and same with Halbert. And I think this is a true, pretty easy four. Choices, but uh, I would have put Brunson in over Damien as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so let's go to the West. Yeah, look, I'm looking at the West. I think last podcast I said I would have Anthony uh, Edwards over Luka. I'm going to have to resend that statement. Okay. And the only reason why is because he had a 73-point game. Luca? Yeah. Yeah. You got to start him after that. You got to start him. I mean, granted, I I will say this the 70 point game, not nearly as impressive as Joel's 70 point game. You you really think so? I do. I do. And I'm not trying to get it off track here, but I will say this. First off, Luca had to do it in 45 minutes. Joel did it in 36. Luca took a lot more threes than Joel. Well, that's his position. I know, but Joel can take a lot of threes too. But like you know, like all the other, all the other players that got sixty plus this season had to take a multiple amount of threes, right? Joel took two, made one. Okay, tell me that that's not hard. That's what I said. That's tell me that that's not harder. It's harder. So yeah, Joel's is more impressive than Luca's, even though Luca had three more points. He did it in almost nine more minutes. Congratulations for being not nearly as efficient. Sorry. Okay. Like, like I'm not trying to be petty here, but I am because, like, like this might matter in the MVP race, assuming that Joel's still in the MVP race at the end of it. By the way, he only has six games that he can miss now because yeah. of the missed game in Denver. Another topic for another day, I guess. But, look, I, I am a little bit petty because, like, cool, you got to 73. Your team won. Congratulations. You didn't have your second best player. Joel had his two other best players in the lineup that night. Right. Like the only, like he was missing his what fourth, fifth best player and Melton. Right. But like everybody else had a full healthy roster. The Devin Booker did when he got 62, by the way, Devin Booker, 62. He's not a a starter for me in the West, but, and then, and then I'll be done. Like, but they, he had his two other co-stars, but like, Okay. He did it with more threes. Anyway, my, my point is, Joel's is more impressive. That's that's my point. But, yeah, Lucas. No, that's in fine. Starting. Lucas in the starting five. I do have to ask you, though. Is LeBron the best Laker this season, or is it Anthony Davis? I think it's LeBron. I do. I mean, did you see that game last night? Yeah, he did have a 20-rebound uh, game, a career high for him, by yes. the way. At 39 years old, still putting up yeah. career highs. It, ain't that something? Like... Okay, let's let's to put let's take off our basketball hats and put on our sports hats for a second, just general sports. What LeBron is doing at 39 is comparable to what, you know, Tom Brady did the last couple of his seasons. Can LeBron, in your opinion, he doesn't I don't think LeBron cares about scoring that much now. If he could be a facilitator slash like kind of rollish player almost. Like you know, like the ball's still in his hands, but he's playmaking more or less towards the end of his career. He's averaging maybe like fifteen, fourteen points per game. But he's, do you think he could still average around like eight to nine rebounds and eight, seven to eight assist a game? At the end, At like I, I 30, 44, 30, 45? Is that possible?
1: Yeah, I don't for see him? why. I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, I the way it. he, yeah, his basketball IQ is so great. Like it's so if, great.
2: Like if as, anything, yeah. his assist might even go higher as long as he's playing the same amount of minutes. a question yeah. well, minutes wise. But, I but, think he could. I think he could do it. Uh, and yeah, back to back to the um,
1: starters though. I think this yeah. is pretty good. I think this is pretty good it's what it should be I I would say I, I'm I would pick this five but I think it's interesting to consider durant because he has been in and out of the lineup a little bit
2: I mean but he's been the healthiest of the three sons which is pretty sad to say if yeah. you think about it but I no know, right? I, I'm okay with durant he's averaging what around 30 so I'm, I'm okay with it that's fine yeah he, he's been playing well so yeah. I hear so we kind of already talked a little bit about it, but who, who's who been snubbed? Who, who, were, who can you consider the snubs here, right?
1: I mean, I think you're going to look at Brunson as like the big snub. I mean, if people want to yeah. have other arguments, I wouldn't say this is a snub, but one of the interesting conversations that's clearly come up is Steph. I mean, Ooh. Steph's playing out of his mind. Golden State is not good, though, but we still know what Steph can do, and – and Anthony Edwards has been playing well, even though the Timberwolves haven't. So it's like those two players are absolute stars in their own right. But you, you don't can't think tell you me Anthony even, Davis is a snub? You can't tell me that. Oh, no, I don't think so. I mean, if that's where you want to put over Durant, but I think Durant's been balling. I just I think the conversation in the West is probably just how insanely deep the guard position is. But it's oh, yeah. always been that way. It has yeah. always been that way.
2: Like guards in the West, I remember Devin Booker probably should have been an All Star after his second or third season. He didn't get an All Star vote and didn't get in until his fifth season, and that and he was an injury replacement for Dame. Yeah. Yep. So, just yeah, it's so, pretty pretty ridiculous. Like there is going to be one or two guys left off these rosters, and this goes back to the conversation: the All Star roster needs to go up to fifteen, because at that point, then then you can play three whole rotations. So that nobody gets tired. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think that that should be a conversation. I think you I and think, I both agreed on that yeah, last I, week. I, yeah, I think so too. All right, Jonathan, unless there's any other all-star talk you want to talk about here. No. Let's talk, let's yeah. talk about around the NBA. Um, you go first. Yeah, I, I mean, the...
1: One thing that I would point out is – or a few things. Let's go to the West first. OKC is the top the West, which is incredible. But that the reason why is because Minnesota is just struggling. They lost in the past week. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs, two of the five worst – potentially two of the two – I mean, the Pistons are in there. were like two of the five worst, undoubtedly, teams. They should have lost the Nets too. I, I don't know if this is something – I don't know what's going on in Minnesota. I've been saying they've been playing like a 500 team for the past – few weeks now but um if you want to think still Mike cross, Conley's cross, I think Mike yeah, Conley's but, been out still I just think it's like they the only reason they beat the Nets is because Anthony Edwards and and Cat or Gobert some they were they needed their stars to ball out I just think so I was wondering is this the Philadelphia Eagles of the NBA
2: I mean maybe speaking of your Eagles made a very poor high right offensive coordinator but not not the podcast for that
1: not the podcast we can dive into that another time and then Yeah, the other thing in the West was going to be touching on uh, the Lakers with LeBron. Like we said last night, the the 36-20-12 assists, he is 39 years old. It's truly unforeseen territory. And as I said last week, like urging people to not take uh, Joel Embiid for granted. Like Don't take LeBron James for granted. This is one of one uh, and truly something we should be watching. Is he going to have more
2: longevity than Tom Brady or anybody else in sports? I think it's different, like crossing
1: over sports, but I mean NBA. His longevity, Clear, clearly, clearly uh, NBA. Yeah, yeah no. Um, and I, the other thing in the West, I was going to point out is as we we always have a little back and forth. with The Grizzlies—they're on a three-game heater, and they are without. It's not going to last. It's not. They're gonna without Ja and Marcus Smart. Obviously, Desmond Baines out six weeks with an ankle sprain. Must be real bad. But hey, look at that.
2: I mean. Cool, you're ruining your lottery chances. Congratulations. No, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. Sorry, go ahead.
1: That's fine. In the East, um, the the Knicks are rolling six game win streak, longest ever. However, however, Joyce Randall dislocated his shoulder. Yes. How long is he supposed to be out? I don't know. I thought that that could not – I didn't think that was going to be too long of an injury, but it
2: sounds more serious than I thought. I mean it depends on if there's any cartilage damage or – and if there's no fractures with the dislocation. But if there's cartilage damage, who knows? And was it his shooting arm or his non-shooting arm? I don't know that actually. I don't know that either. Uh, Look, I mean – if they had if they would if they didn't trade Obi Toppin, I wouldn't be too worried about him because Obi Toppin, when he was there, he was actually a pretty good fill-in for Julius Randle, but they're gonna have to go small.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the last thing in the East is the Cavs are nine and one in their last ten. They've played some good teams. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, this is up. where this is when we could have been talking about like potential all-star starter. He has been playing out of his mind, and at the same time, They've brought their points allowed per game below 110. Only three teams have that. They're second in the league with uh, points allowed right now, and they're playing incredible basketball. So I, uh, that's another team you don't want to play in the East.
2: But th- so, that's
1: my around the NBA. Let me that transition
2: to you. So to piggyback off the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic. You're fair. Absolutely right. I want to talk about Jared Allen for a minute here. He okay. has been dominating the defensive end and has been not – a pretty good offensively, too. Look, you can make an argument for me that Jared Allen deserves to be an all-star, all-star reserve, and I won't argue against it. I think okay. right now, let me pull up his stats real quick, but I think right now, like, and here's the thing, with Cleveland, whenever Mobley comes back, yep. I don't think you mess with that starting lineup, at least on the front court end. And if I'm them, I bring Mobley off the bench because he's not been great. Mobley has been... Outside of his rookie year, like, you know, he was good his rookie year, uh, you know, was a candidate for, you know, uh, rookie of the year. I I had him as my top two. But look, he's not been good. And if I'm the Cavaliers, I'm maybe looking to trade him for some power forward wing depth. Yeah, some forward depth. Yeah, some. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because look, he he's a he's a non shooting four and that doesn't work in today's NBA. So either he has to bulk up and play center. He's not the best at center cuz when they played him at center at the beginning of the season when Allen was out, it was not looking good, right? Yeah. But like in terms of in terms of like I just I don't think him and Allen can I'm not too worried about Garland and Mitchell. I am more worried about Allen and Mobley. I if I'm Cleveland, I'm taking calls. I am sell why the stock's still relatively high. I if I'm Cleveland, that's what I'm doing. So Jared Allen, by the way, this season, averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, 1.1 blocks, shooting 64, six essentially 65% from the field, right? Pretty cool, right? But let's look at the defensive yeah. numbers here real quick. He is a defensive plus minus of 1.9 a defensive win shares of 2.2 last season his total was uh 4 and then uh let me pull up here real quick i thought i had more stats here give me one second here defensive rating this season is a uh, 108 okay so i'm just saying jared allen you can make an all like and just he's I mean, obviously he can't body Joe well. We both know that. We've seen the matchup. But like in terms of like playing defense, there's very few matchups that he's at a disadvantage at. So if I'm if I'm Cleveland, I'm looking to trade Evan Mobley. Maybe to a rebuilding team for a wing. Look, if you can somehow make the salaries work for Evan Mobley for like Jeremy Grant. Can you imagine Jeremy Grant on that Cleveland team? Yeah, that could be that could be all right. Now I don't know if those salaries would even work, probably not. But Jeremy Grant, I, I'm telling you right now, for teams that need wing depth, and this includes the Sixers, Jeremy Grant. Even with be the on- contact, even with the contract, the five years is not ideal. But if you're trying to win yeah. a championship right now, and you're you feel like you're one two way wing away, uh, three level level score two way wing away. I think you you, swa- you you don't worry about the money in the future. You worry about winning right now. Jeremy Grant gives you a chance to win right now. I mean, he's averaging, what, like 21-6 or 7-3 and while well, shooting pretty good? Like, look, I, I don't know the exact stats. Um, that's a guesstimation there. But, look, Jeremy Grant should be on every contender's radar that can afford to switch him. The Sixers can do it, right? The Sixers— could you imagine us having Jeremy Grant and Tobias Harris?
1: Yeah, I think that falls in the – well, I think that you'd have to get rid of Tobias Harris. Today. No, you can, that- you can make the trade.
2: You can make the trade because Jeremy Grant's only making $27.5 million this year. You can make the trade with Marcus Morris and Rocco. Okay,
1: well, I think that – I mean that Woj and the front office of the Sixers have made it pretty clear they're not going to make any uh, – Big moves.
2: He's not a big move. He's like your th- uh, third or fourth best player on a contender. And that's exactly what we need. I think that's a big move. I don't know. I I I almost rather have Jeremy Grant than Zach Levine.
1: I don't want either.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, Jeremy Grant's a hot name to look. Maybe Miami makes the play for him. That'd be pretty tough for them, but they could make a play for them. For him, I, I think maybe – uh, I'm looking, thinking about the other contenders here. Maybe the Lakers make a move for him. That wouldn't be a terrible fit. There, there are options for Jeremy Grant, and if I'm a contender, yeah. I'm looking at Jeremy Grant for sure. Maybe the Kings. Maybe they try to upgrade from Harrison Barnes. Okay. Who knows? There, there are options here, and I'm I'm interested to see where Jeremy Grant goes, but. Going to the main thing that I wanted to talk about today, and I I teased you before the podcast saying don't talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. It's time to blow things up in Atlanta. Okay. I think it's time to blow things up. Because clearly, you can't build around Trey Young. He had one season where he had a pretty good run, right? And a lot of things broke right for him, right? They played against the Knicks, who were pretty much first-time playoff contenders. I don't even think they had Jalen Brunson. They had, what, Alfred Payton as their starting point guard? Derrick Rose, maybe? Uh, Old Derrick Rose? I believe so. Okay. And then you played the Sixers, where Ben Simmons had a historic mental meltdown, right? The ones of which he still hasn't fully mentally recovered from, even when he is physically yeah. healthy. By the way, Ben Simmons projected to come back th- this week. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then, what, you try to pair him with an all-star, uh, other playmaker and guard who needs the ball in his hands, and it didn't work out. Look, I don't think Trey Young... I think Trey Young cannot be the best player on a championship team. He cannot be that player. You trade him... While his stock is still high, because I think you can build a good team if you have Quinn Snyder as your as your coach. You can build a good team with Quinn Snyder. You trade Murray, you trade Young, trade Young, you trade, you keep Jalen Johnson, you trade Clint Capella and Bogdanovich, and you go from there. Because the rest of their team is still relatively young, you can still work with that rest of that young core. But Trey Young's not getting any younger. Murray's pretty much traded. We're just waiting to see where to. And Clint Capella could be helping a contender, aka maybe the maybe maybe you trade him to uh, the Mavericks. Wouldn't hate that for him. I still would start lively, but you know having him as a backup would be fantastic.
1: What are your thoughts on like blow? I
2: understand, but what are your thoughts on blowing this team up with uh, just hiring Quinn Snyder? Like he doesn't seem like a rebuild coach. I mean. If he wants to get out of his contract, he'll get out of it. I I think at this point, where are you going? You don't have any draft picks cuz you already traded most of them to get Murray. You Trey Young's not going to get any better. Murray's not going to get any better. Like what do you do? No, like, look, I agree. I'm just curious. Like look, if if Quinn Snyder wants to quit, that's fine. Whatever. He, he if he quits, he doesn't get his payday. You know, that's fine. Yeah. But I I think that they need to they need to get rid of. I think they need to get blow up the core. Like you can still keep the ancillary pieces. Like Sadiq Bay still young, Jalen Johnson's young, DeAndre Hunter's young enough. You could trade Hunter if you wanted to. Uh, Okongwu is pretty young. Like you you could you could retool with you. Depends on what you get back for the the two guards. But technically you could try to retool without blowing it up. Now the question for you is, where would you? Where does Trey Young go?
1: I don't know. That's a tough one, because I, I don't think there's a lot of teams out there who are just like
2: jonesing
1: for him. You know, I don't think his talent right now is like that attractive, especially with the contract. And he's and he's doesn't seem like the best teammate.
2: Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Does it? No. But you know one team that would probably be willing to take them in? Oh, What about the Timberwolves?
1: Uh, I uh, I don't know. I, I was saying earlier that they already have
2: some like questionable stuff going on. I don't know if you want to inject that into that locker. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe not the Timberwolves. What about a rebuilding team that's maybe one star piece away? I don't think the Knicks could use him anymore, though. I would have been funny to see him on the Knicks, but that's not a really good destination for him. What about the Pistons?
1: If you yeah, don't trust
2: any of, I what? thought there was like weird news that
1: Detroit was interested in uh, Zach Levine. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they're, interested I think they in they're something.
2: looking for picks to take them take on his salary. I think that's. That's what I'm. But yeah, if they if
1: they maybe they want if they think Trey Young's part of their future, I'm not necessarily. Or, or okay,
2: okay. Here here's one. Orlando. They could use an infusion of something because they had something at the beginning and now they're
1: struggling. So maybe. What
2: about what about what about New Orleans? Is C J. McConnell? You know, I mean, C J. Yeah, me, C J. Uh, not C J. Uh, not McConnell. Uh, sorry, C J. McCollum. Is he really your answer at point guard long term with those two young guys? He's already in his mid thir- early thirties, right? Do you do you go for, do you go for Trey Young? Put him with Zion. That'd be some shows. I kind
1: mean, of I kind of just like what they have, and I really wish they could be healthy and we could see them in a playoff. Because like I think McCollum, uh, Ingram, and Zion is a really good core that, if is healthy, can compete in the West.
2: Yeah, they could. They could. You're you're, you're right. They could. I'm. I'm just throwing out some teams here. I'm just, you, you yeah. asked you, I'm throwing out some teams. Yeah. Um. Maybe Utah. They could be buyers. Yeah. They're in a unique position. Cause I don't know if they're going to be buyers or sellers. Like I, I
1: think they should kind of try and run it with what they have, but who knows if Danny Ainge wants to keep acquiring picks, he got a ton from Gobert and Mitchell. If he wants to do that again, I mean, doesn't think this year is worth going for it. Then maybe he's willing to look at trading Sexton or marketing or Clarkson.
2: And and we know Danny's willing to make a trade for a big-time point guard, which they don't have right now. So if you're Danny, are you looking more at uh, Murray or are you looking more at Young if if Atlanta truly is blowing it up? Mm, I'd probably go Murray. I think I would too. I just – I don't know. I don't –
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. But you get my point though, right? You get my point. There are options out there. Last thing before we wrap up. Did you see what Steph Curry did after – the game against Lakers. I might have ripped his it. jersey. He ripped his yeah. jersey. So is that something or nothing?
1: I would say in itself, I'm not sure that that's something. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago in a press conference, he made some like public statements about the front office needing to do something to change, which seemed re- kind of rare from him. So maybe you're right. That's kind of been a buildup. I think he's really looking for a change. Maybe that means that Clay Thompson's on the table, and does that
2: mean that Philly tries to go get something like that? Or Clay could definitely. Well, okay. okay. Does Clay make us better, though? I think. Does this version of Clay make us better?
1: I think we make Clay better, and in turn, he makes us better. So
2: you. Like, imagine the.
1: Yeah, but also the spacing we've talked about that Embiid gives other players. Like, Obviously, people aren't going to slack off Clay the way they slack off some of the players on our team. But if they want, like, it's pick your poison. Clay can knock down shots, or you are going to have Embiid tear you apart. So I think well, that the, is the, a good. That's the question like the one is, can player-
2: Clay hold up defensively anymore? Because, like, if we do get Clay, and I don't know the mechanics of that trade, but let's just say we do get Clay. Yeah, like, is that really going to make? is like what we have to give up i don't know maybe we have to give up uh deanthony melton right yeah. is this version of clay really an upgrade over deanthony melton when you give up you know, when you factor in clay's defensive def- deficiencies now i don't i don't know man maybe clay we'll maybe clay is a super sub maybe clay becomes a super sub for us i don't know
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows, man? We are going to see. But I think there's going to be some shakeups, and that's a good thing to point out with the Warriors. Yeah, for sure.
2: But let's go ahead and wrap things
1: up, bud. Absolutely. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. The Sixers hopefully will be getting some players back and back to their winning ways soon enough, uh, especially as the All-Star break's approaching. Maybe they can get some needed rest. But thank you, as always. As I said, listen to us. Please continue to read our work over at the Sixers Sense. I know there's going to be the trade deadline. It's going to have a lot of news heating up. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And until next time, go Sixers.